All righty. Welcome back. We're here for an emergency podcast. I mean, of news that came out this morning, we're releasing here tonight is um, this one's just going to be quick and sweet and short. And it's just talking about LaBeas Overton. Um, he made an announcement this morning for anyone that doesn't know he's originally in the 2023 class now in the 2022 class, but he is an OU legacy. His father played for OU. Uh, he's from out of Georgia, six, four, six, five, depending on where you look at 265 pound defensive lineman. Uh, he's a five-star in the 2023 class. He was the number two defensive lineman, I believe behind um, Hicks. Um, so either way he was one or two, depending on what site you looked at, but he made an announcement this morning of his top five, Schools, uh, Oklahoma's on there, AM, Georgia, uh, Ohio State's on there, and I forget the, the, the last one. But anyway, it's really going to just come down to um, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Texas AM. I guess, I guess Texas AM was the other one. I, I just like left it just off. Oklahoma and Texas AM. Yeah. So pretty much, you know, he's from Georgia. That's why the Bulldogs are kind of in it. And kind of the timeline of it. So he announced this morning that he's reclassifying to the 2023 to 2022 so the timeline is is he's going there's a dead period right now until march uh so no no visits can happen currently and he's planning to take his official visits in march and then he has to sign uh, to be a part of the 2022 class by april 1st so he's going to sign sometime in march uh right probably a couple days before and then he's going to enroll for summer classes and he's going to graduate high school this may and then start start college this summer um jose i want i want you to give your first opinion your first thoughts on ou's chances obviously his dad is a part of oklahoma you know the legacy and everything but what do you think yeah i think that just like every coach is probably caught off guard he's trying to catch up quickly as well in recruiting um just bad timing to get to get things going and sign quickly but he has been taking uh, visits to a lot of the schools. I, I genuinely think that it's still up in the air for him because if you look at his top 12, Oregon was not there originally. Clemson was there with as well as OU. Um, and now when you're looking at his top five, Oregon is now on his top five. OU's on there still, but not Clemson. So I'm assuming that he you know, originally wanted to be at OU because of the, the fact that he's a legacy and had Clemson on there because they had a, a great defensive staff. And now that defensive staff is at Oklahoma, which just pairs up well. And then Oregon's got still has a chance too, because this morning he was interviewed and asked about why, why are they even on there? Because it, you know, it's a big change from not even considering him as a top 12 school to being a top five. And he said that he really created a good relationship with Lanning and that probably really helped since he is from Georgia. So I really, I genuinely believe it is still up in the air and everyone has a good shot. Um, I think it's fair to think that the front runners are Oklahoma and AM, but it wouldn't surprise me if he decided something else by the time he has to sign. And from what his dad said, he said everything just kind of lined up perfectly at his high school. His coach just left. Um, there's not a lot of seniors on the football team. So there's really nothing holding him back. And he's been. I guess he's a really smart kid. He's been taking AP classes, been taking concurrent classes to have college credit and be ready to move on as fast as possible. So perfect timing for him. It's just going to be a really fast race. I, I think this morning I called it a sprint, a two-month sprint for every single coach out of those five schools to try to get him on campus and pretty much sell him on the vision because from the ones that are there, 
I think the most stable one's been A&M, right? There's been zero mix-up. No one's really left the staff or come in to try to change something drastically. So although those four other four schools are going to have a hard time to, or going to have a lot on their plate over the next couple of months with them. I felt really, really good about LaBay's Overton uh, kind of in the summertime and, you know, before he decided to reclassify to 2022 and all, all that, uh, he was here uh, at all at the big barbecue bash thing a couple of times. I think he was a big Tibbs guy and a big Kane guy, and they are obviously no longer a part of our team. Uh, we've mentioned. Oh, his internet back to back videos now. Um, but I'll, I guess I'll just talk yeah, until go. he gets back. Um, you know, a little bit about Labeus. I mean, he was originally born in, in college station because his dad was an associate athletic director for AM, you know, back in the early nine or late nineties, mid two thousands in that time, time frame. So they obviously, while he has connections to the university of Oklahoma, he has a lot of connections to Texas A&M. And there's definitely something that's going to pull him to that because of the familiarity. Brandon's back. You want to finish your thought? Yeah, it's just, I, just, I don't know what's going on with the Wi-Fi these, these past couple of days. It's frustrating. Uh, yeah, he's he's going to be. This would be the biggest, the biggest addition of Todd Bates if he's able to pull this off. Uh, I personally, as we talked about off 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 the show, I do think it's it's an A and M Oklahoma finalist thing, but I think it's pretty much it's going to be A and M. Unfortunately. That's, yeah. that's my that's my that's my thoughts on it. I think we all think the same thing. Not me. Well, well, the thing is, it, it's interesting timing. Right before the dead period started, he did go visit Texas A and M. He's been on campus at A and M two or three times. And I think he's been at OU twice now in his recruitment. So these are the two schools that he's been to the most. And it just so happened that after the A and M visit, he announced that he's going to reclassify. Um, you know, his dad was once the associate athletic director. Um, I mean, yeah, there's going to be some pull there, but you gotta, but you gotta also remember kind yes, of NIL stuff. You think they're throwing his way too? They might, you know, I know Jimbo Fisher fired off and was all, you know, defensive and animated about what he thought about the NIL and their school and what Lane Kiffin had to say, but there's probably, it's probably part of it. Then why um, have they not been pulling the classes? Like they just pulled every year if it if it's not if it's just if, if nil has nothing to do with it as he's talking about it, oh, there's no way jimbo's, in hell. jimbo's already always been a good recruiter though nil has i mean i'm not saying you're wrong but he's not pulled classes like this the greatest class in the history of classes before the nil yeah i'm not saying that's not a part of it but to think that just because they can throw a lot more money than everyone else everyone just is kind of there as a pageant and A&M is already the lock. Then he might, he might as well have just committed today. And he did picked up like three crystal balls to A&M today. Well, yeah. And that, and that's the thing is while it's, it's still February 3rd, there's still time. Like Jose said, it's going to be a two month sprint, but you got to remember that defensive line that they've recruited, you know, all those, all those kids that they've recruited, that's a lot of talent. There's only so many starting positions. And while, the money might be crazy at AM. The money, the money that you would get from an NIL deal is nothing compared to what a first round pick in the NFL draft would be. If he can't see the field, I mean, I'm not saying that he's not good enough, but I just think there's just so much coming in in this class. And I actually, in a way, think that him reclassifying hurts Texas AM because of the timing. If he would have came in as 2023, redshirted 2024, you know. 
he he might have you know be ready to play in 2024 he might have been able to compete for more starting position or playing time sorry not starting position but i just think in a way yes AM's gonna be hard to beat but also it could play against them too and maybe jimbo was in his ear telling him to reclassify i don't know but i hope he pull him off boys i think it would be the biggest it would be the perfect way to cap the 22 class and this kid's obviously a freak. I just, I, I, I unfortunately, I, I'm, I'm struggling to see it become a reality for us. I wonder if it wasn't for Venables and Bates being at OU, if we would have even made this top five list. Because he was crystal ball to us before they even got here. Yeah, but he's he got rid of Clemson. Like Clemson's not even a consideration for him anymore. Like who's to say Clemson wouldn't have been an OU spot if Lincoln and and Grinch yeah. were still here. Yeah, I mean, what I read, really, this very first visit, him and his dad came. I don't know if his mom came, but they kind of were going to visit Oklahoma just because his dad played at Oklahoma. It was more of like, well, I played here. Let's just go check it out. And they were they were surprised. So before that, they even before their first thought of Oklahoma with the old coaching staff was like, eh, it's not a great place for me to get developed. Let's just go see just because my dad played there. And they were surprised. But I do think, Jose, I think if the old staff was still in charge, there is 0% chance that LeBeus Overton was going to be a Sooner. Bates and Venables actually gives us a fine chance. That doesn't make any sense to me. He was literally crystal balled to us with the old staff. I feel like he was probably a Thibodeau and Kane guy. So how can you guys sit here? Unless you and SMU aren't there. If he was a, a Kane and Thibodeau guy, he would at least have put them in a considerable spot. SMU, the, it is surprising to me that LSU is not in his final five, if you, if you know, because Kane is there. But if he was a Thibodeau guy, it makes sense for him not to consider SMU. That, that, that The level of play at SMU is significantly lower than all of his top five. Then he's a Bates guy. I really think he wasn't so much attached to the old coaching staff. I think it was more because his father played for Oklahoma. I really think that's what it came down to initially. Who who crystal balled him? Pulling up right now. Hold on. I was going to say because, I mean, it could be a multitude of people. And it... Brian Bishop on August twenty first, twenty twenty, crystal balled him to Oklahoma. It's only one yeah, person. It was just one. I mean, me personally, I only really trust like Steve Wiltfong and Brandon Drum, and I mean, and a few others. I just I don't take that crystal ball with with any. It's also anything. a five confidence. Like he was pretty much just thrown out there probably after a visit and the guy was impressed. So he threw in a crystal ball. Like those change all the time. And the one thing about LeBeus is he's kept his recruiting pretty quiet. Like no one really knows his emotions. Like he doesn't post anything on social media. And the only people that know are him and his family and anyone directly involved in in his recruiting. So I wish you could sports bet on where recruits end up because I would just go put $100 on him to end up at A&M because that well, way he would end up at Oklahoma. Well, okay. So sitting here I right now, I, I do agree with you that I think A&M right now is in the driver's seat. But I don't think it's unreasonable to think that OU could end up winning out. And even Georgia. I, I'm not I'm not saying Georgia can't win either. I think we're a finalist. I think, it's, I, I, I think it comes down to Oklahoma and A&M. And I think at the end of the day, he's going to look at Texas A&M having – Seven of the 35 stars in the 2022 class, or whatever Jose said, of the 31 five stars in the 2022 class. He's going to look at them offering him, you know, when they back the Brinks truck up, when they do all of the stuff that we're incapable of doing, 
Uh, I think he's it's gonna lean his he's gonna lean a and dude he's he's still at the end of the day he's a 17 18 year old kid when they roll the Brinks truck it's not gonna be something that he's not gonna think about or be like holy hell this is a lot of money um, I don't think that that's something that's really gonna sway him one way or another I think it's an advantage and I think that it definitely puts that's why they are in the driver's seat but at the end of the day it seems like his family is very much involved in how in like helping him make this decision. And his, from what I've read, his parents aren't really struggling and not that that should be a factor. And if money is a decision for him or not, but you know, he can make money anywhere. If you're good at football, you're going to get paid wherever you play football. Just like we saw the number one overall recruit from this class. He's at Jackson state and he's going to get paid. It's a smaller school, and that's not going to matter because he's still going to be covered by ESPN, by Barstool, by every major network because it's a big move. Now, I think it's going to be different for LeBeus because, like Brum said, AM took a starter at every single position on the defensive line in this class. And reclassifying also made him a lot lower in the overall ranking. He was a number three in the 2023 class, number one or two defensive line, like Brum said, just depending on where you looked. And now I think he's like number 30 or something like that in this class because this class was loaded yeah. at the defensive line position. I hope more than anything that I'm wrong and and he does end up. I think he's going to say at Oklahoma, but yeah, I, I just think I genuinely believe that because he had to reclassify, it is like everyone's got – as much of a shot as the next guy and it's just going to be who can impress them the most. And that's why I think Oklahoma has a chance because we have Todd Bates and Brent Venables. And, I mean, if A&M's only got money, then let them have it. But yeah. we actually so, have a coach that can do something. I think we have the advantage of the coaching staff. I just heard the last part. There's no doubt the advantage in coaching staff really does favor us. But if there was 31 five stars in the 2022 class and seven of them chose to go to Texas A&M, uh, NIL is is playing a major thing in, in this process, and I feel like it's going to play a major thing. And that's not the only thing that's going to factor into LeBayas' decision, but he has Texas A&M ties with his dad being the associate AD there for 10 years. He had, I hope I'm wrong. We you used to wager shotguns on this. What? You should consider Kennesaw because that's where his uh, dad is now. Yeah. So There's a difference. I, <laughs> So, so Jose, you did mention earlier about the Texas A&M coaching staff and the continuity. I will say that I just remembered that Texas A&M has a new defensive coordinator. So it's the brand new guy that they just hired in um, as to take over the reins. Um, but OK, so if we go around, you had to put a percentage chance for LeBeus Overton to end up a sooner and on, by April 1st. Jose, what percent would you put it at? Right now, I'm putting it. Everyone's got a 20% shot. So you're just putting 20, 20, 20 for everyone. Yeah. Until I think it's even. Yeah. I think it's, I genuinely believe that right now everyone's got a shot. He seems to be a guy that's like, I, if I fit here, that's where I'm going. Cause he knows football. His dad knows football. It's not about the coolest place to be or the place is going to give me the most money. Okay. Brandon, what do you think? Oh, well, I hope Jose is right. I'm going to put it 70% AM, 20% Oklahoma, 5% Georgia. What now, what's the other 5%? 5% Georgia. Oh, yeah, what about the other five? Oh, shit. 70, 70, 25, five. Math is hard, guys. <laughs> it's been a long day. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm going to probably put um, Texas A&M. 
let's see, Texas A&M at 40%, Oklahoma at 35%, and I'm going to say Georgia at um, at 25%. Um, the other two I don't think have any shot between Ohio State and Oregon. I hope Hose has race. it right, and it really is just a, a wide-open race, and he – but – the fact that or the reason I think that is because Oregon is there. If it wasn't an open race and it wasn't based on relationships he's created so far, Oregon wouldn't be there. Maybe he just wanted a cool graphic with with his final five. Well, that or yeah, could cool. it be that Dan Lanning was at Georgia? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. The yeah. fact that he was at Georgia, he has a relationship with the now head coach at Oregon. That's why Oregon is now up there. Georgia's still there. Scarby Smart's still there. Like, there's not yeah. a big change there. Yeah, so so we did a you know a national signing day recap earlier today. We released that video. Go check that out. But thinking about this is now there's two five stars that OU is going to go after after the nat you know the net, the February national signing day. Could you imagine? I'm just saying in an ideal scenario, perfect world that OU finishes the class with Connerly and now Lebeus Overton. I mean, two that would be insane. Is the dream scenario. Yeah, like that's we'll do some. Yeah, I I remember when we used to do some beer bongs on the show. If we get both of those guys, I'll I'll do uh, I'll do six in one show. I'll finish a six pack on the show. Yeah, no, I I mean honestly, even if they go one for two, I Uh, I wouldn't be upset. I mean, no matter whichever one it is, it doesn't really matter. I mean, we need offensive linemen, we need defensive linemen. Uh, Just the thought of being able to finish that class or this class this way would be pretty impressive. But I think overall, the reason why he's reclassifying, you know, he did say, you know, various reasons with his high school football team, but he probably just saw that after Lincoln Riley's comments about needing some guardrails for, for NIL and everything else in the transfer portal, he probably thought I better cash in on whatever, whatever school's packaging up with me. I'm not saying A&M is going to that. Well, OU can offer things too. I'm not saying that's the only thing. I'm not, and, 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 and you know, OU is obviously going to talk about NIL in, in their pitch to him because they're not stupid. Brent Venables isn't stupid. I just don't think we have the the ability to offer as much NIL money and whatever as 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 Texas A&M. Money is not everything. These guys have to play football. They got seven of the thirty-one. You said see. there was thirty-one five stars. They got seven of them. That's. But here, here's the problem. That's that's great. Why have they not the done program? that before? Answer that, and then and then tell me that NIL is not 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 the reason. Why have they not in in classes before? Why have they not landed seven five stars? Why is I mean that it's coincidence? It's just random. NIL might, NIL might take a part. That doesn't mean that it is the overall swaying factor for every single one of these players. Everyone is that those seven kids. Yeah, money maybe swayed them, but then there's the other. And 24, that money didn't matter to them. Like they wanted to go play at the place they fit and we're going to be developed the best. Except yeah. for Devin Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Harold Perkins was once committed to AM and then he left to go to LSU. I mean, I think AM, I mean, yes, NIL is playing a factor and OU will be able to offer, maybe not to the same degree, but at the end of the day, if you never step on the football field, you're never going to be drafted in the first round. And OU, there's going to be a path to playing as a defensive lineman very fast. And I think that would have to factor in his decision. Like Jose said, I don't think he's hurting for money. His family's hurting for money. So I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I feel I'm like hoping. this this was this a fun show right here tonight because I feel like if, if those who watch us or if this if this conversation would have happened off camera 
five years ago when we were in college, it, w- it would have been a lot more heated and hostile with a lot more yelling at each other and a lot more swear words. So it, it, this was, you know what I mean? It kind of has that feel to something that happened, you know, years oh. ago back, back in the college houses together, but uh, we, we tapered it down. We'll still get into it a little bit. This was a fun episode. Oh yeah. I'm I mean, telling you I'm right. My gut is telling me A&M, but I'm, I'm thinking there's still a shot, but Jose thinks it's all, you know, 2020. I hope, I, right. I hope Jose's right. I hope I have to shotgun seven, six beers on, on the show because we land both the five stars. But this kid's going to end up going to Texas A&M because they're going to roll the Brinks truck and they're getting all the five stars of this class. It's it's annoying and it's stupid and they're still going to suck. But that's the way the road right now in, in the way that things are, you know, it's how it's unfolding. Yep. It's the way of the road. All right. So do you guys have any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? This is You guys are both wrong. <laughs> and I hope you're right. <laughs> you're both wrong, but I hope you're right. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So, Brandon, do you have an individual challenge for this? Yeah, I mean, this one's video? super easy. What What do you guys think as the viewers of OU's chances at overtain? Am I wrong or am I being crazy? Crazy. said crazy. Anyway, so <laughs> let us know if you think he's crazy or for crazy. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see over the next couple of months. We're going to definitely be keeping a close eye on him. Hit that subscribe button, turn on the notification bell, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Everything's all at Two Plane Sports, and uh, we're going to be keep we're going to keep posting more videos, and we'll catch you next time.